I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy. I am Amit Kumar, a research analyst with the Takshashila Institution's Indo-Pacific Studies, and I am joined by my colleague Anushka Saxena, also a research analyst with the program. Happy to have you here, Anushka. Thanks, Amit. Happy to be here. So, just a few days ago, we heard a lot of news surrounding cyber attacks and alert, wherein Apple sent to its mobile phone users, some of which uh, were Indian political leaders and even personnel from media outlets like The Wire and Observer Research Foundation, a leading think tank in India. And the alert stated that, quote-unquote, state-sponsored attackers might be trying to steal sensitive information from these uh, mobile phones, right? So, but not a lot of complete or appropriate information has been received on the subject yet uh, since uh, these announcements. But it has speculations surrounding uh, India's readiness to uh, uh, look at the threats in the cyber cyberspace. And the Minister for Electronics Information Technology stated that Apple's information was incomplete and its statements appear to be vague. Right. Uh, however, just the fact that such an alert was issued warrants a discussion on where India stands vis a vis its cyber security preparedness at the moment. In today's episode. We'll be delving into some of the issues pertaining to India's cybersecurity policy, both on the domestic front and in terms of its multilateral engagement. So, Anushka, my first question to you is: What is the nature of the threat India is facing when it comes to the cyberspace? Would you uh, please elaborate it in the interest of our listeners? Right. Thanks, Amit. I think. that's a very important question to address in the light of the alert that apple obviously issued no matter the uh, completeness of the alert or evidence to kind of support it uh, the fact that there is sub- suspected uh, attack on uh, apple phones users and uh, personal information thereof means that india is still not at a stage where it can counter any and all um, cyber security related issues and of course no country is perfect in this regard globally and neither can it be since the spy, cyber space continues to evolve and so do the threats in the cyber space but india might also want to consider a lot of things where it is still not at parity with other global powers of course india is home to over 800 million internet users 1.2 billion mobile users uh, many of which are smartphone users and naturally with such a large chunk of population that is engaged in activities in the cyber domain cyber security remains a cause of concern not just for citizens but also for governments which is union and states and of course businesses and so both domestically and at the international stage india has tried to develop a governance structure to deal with this but like i said in light of this 
news uh, about Apple's alerts, as well as uh, another recent piece of information that uh, information of 815 million people might have been leaked from the Aadhaar database just tells us, like I said, that India is facing a bigger threat, um, which is similar to um, what many of the other developing world economies are facing. So um, there's a very interesting risk survey report that is published by uh, Pinkerton in collaboration with the Federation of Indian Chambers of Commerce and Industry. And uh, in the report that was uh, last issued in uh, 2022, information in cybersecurity ranked number two on the list of challenges that faced businesses and organizations. And I think IP theft of which cyber enabled IP theft was number one. So this just tells us that um, the numbers aren't going anywhere and are only expanding, which also has a lot of lot to do with the sophistication of the nature of cyber attacks. And I think, uh, in 2022 itself, uh, IANS also published numbers which said that um, cybersecurity incidents related to governmental agencies and institutions went from about 48,000 to about 1,92,000. That is a four-time jump in numbers in just a year, right? And so it tells us that the governance infrastructure uh, needs a lot more work. And I think in the context of the Indian IT infrastructure, data breaches constitute a major chunk of uh, the challenge. Uh, like I said, um, the Aadhaar incident um, just happened. At least it was reported to have happened. And um, such breaches also include illegal accessing of biometric information for over a billion Indian users that are registered with the Unique Identification Authority of India, uh, of course, who have um, collated this data under the Aadhaar card regime. And um, there is reportage, and, and most of this reportage is from uh, cybersecurity-related firms like Cypherma. Uh, which say that, you know, such data has been sold for just 500 rupees on WhatsApp groups. It may have also been used for identity theft and potential surveillance. And so uh, ultimately it impinges on um, the right to privacy uh, and cybersecurity uh, of the citizens. And uh, both governmental and business uh, actors have to respond and be held responsible for this. Because of the transnational nature of cyberspace, India is also at the risk of cyber attacks, not just internally, uh, but also from foreign state and non-state actors, right? So one example of this is the shadow pad malware attack that um, took place uh, against uh, power grid infrastructures in India in 2022, right? And the hackers responsible were believed to be Chinese state sponsored and they were preying on internet of thing, de thing devices um, and they were trying to navigate through compromised networks, networks that were already compromised to ultimately engage in espionage activities. And this was in the Ladakh region where, um, you know, uh, just... Uh, Two years ago, before the attack uh, reportedly happened, there was an eyeball-to-eyeball -eyeball, uh, fight uh, between Indian and Chinese troops. And this 
clearly tells us about the severity of the challenge and it has multifaceted implications for a lot of things uh, like i already said right to privacy but also data security india's aim to develop indian uh, internet governance uh, go completely digital and of course have a safe uh, it infrastructure in the country right and uh, as far as i remember uh, lately in the last one year there have been multiple cyber attacks uh, Uh, that india has uh, witnessed the indian uh, population has witnessed uh, for instance it began with uh, first the uh, electricity g- uh, grid grid attack by the chinese hackers that we talked about then uh, came uh, the attack on the personal uh, health information that was uh, taken uh, from uh, the uh, taken from uh, the records that the aims maintain uh, leading a medical institution in india and now uh, lately we have seen uh, we have seen just a few days ago that aadhar uh, aadhar details of india about 800 million indian uh, people were stolen and were up for sale on uh, uh, internet uh, dark web right so uh, these uh, keeping all these in uh, in these incidents in context uh, on background what does india's current domestic uh, apparatus looks like vis-a-vis uh the policy on cyber security what are some of the keys uh, uh key laws and governance key laws and governance strategies that india employs and have there been any action on these fronts uh that uh, on incidents that i just uh, talked about right so i think uh, obviously um this backdrop warrants a discussion on india's uh, policy architecture and uh, India does not necessarily have a uniform national policy on cyber security but it has a host of cyber security related laws and regulations to determine uh, liability in the case of breach of what we understand as responsible cyber behavior right and of course the most prominent of such legislations is the information technology act of 2000 uh, which was amended in 2008 and its purpose is to modernize uh, some of the provisions of the civil and, civil and criminal liabilities which were uh, listed in the rather antiquated indian penal code of 1860 right because the cyber space is a post 1860 introduction and so is the issue of cyber security and so the it act takes from some of the provisions of the ipc and builds on them in a more context specific manner and that's not all um the it act has other important aims as well such as governance of cyber crime and institution of data protection regimes in india um um articles like uh, 43 66 67 they provide the basis for prosecution of crimes like identity theft hacking denial of services attacks network tampering and even cyber terrorism and india lays a lot lays down a lot of emphasis on the issue of cyber terrorism uh, akin to um the cyber security policies of some more other uh, developing countries right and uh, in 2013 india experimented with a national cyber security policy which was a very short nine page document uh, but it listed out a 14 point strategy to build a secure and resilient cyber space uh but again uh this policy does not have a binding effect and most of its actionable items are too broad to encourage targeted policy action of course there are also some actionable elements on which uh work has been done like um 
the operation of a 24 7 uh, national critical information infrastructure protection center and what this does is it basically establishes a regulatory framework to govern critical information infrastructure and cii and um, cybersecurity related incidents are all defined by the protection center and now, uh, because the NPIIPC has continued to define more and more government systems as protected under the CII category, any cyber attacks that are conducted against them, they're liable to be prosecuted as acts of cyber terrorism, which, if we go back, is punishable under Article 66F of the IT Act. And I think in June this year, uh, the National Cybersecurity Council, the then National Cybersecurity uh, uh, Coordinator, uh, Lieutenant General Rajesh Pant, announced that the Indian National Security Council was preparing to release a cybersecurity strategy, but the public first public draft for this is yet to be revealed. And of course, um, one of the key domestic policy imperatives on cybersecurity is managing online hate speech and offensive messages. And some of this also constitutes the issue of cyber terrorism. And this has had implications for freedom of speech. Sometimes it's invited, it has invited controversy uh, surrounding regulatory interventionism. Uh, for example, you know, when the IT Act was um, amended in 2008, the government introduced Article 66A, which laid out punishment for sending offensive messages through communication service. Now, due to its very, very broad ambit, uh, and, you know, it said things like um, any any uh, in online information that has been circulated for the purpose of causing annoyance or inconvenience. And so these terminologies, which are so vague and can be interpreted in, a, in an end number of ways, uh, invited a lot of uh, controversy. And ultimately, this, um, ultimately, Article 66A was struck down, struck down in 2015 by the Supreme Court. But in subsequent years, the government has utilized powers under other articles of the IT Act, like 69A, 69B, and 79A to block accounts and take down user content on social media. You know, we heard a lot in the past few years about how Facebook and Twitter have been asked to deploy a grievance officer so that um, uh, this uh, nodal person can uh, coordinate with government agencies in case there is content online that is uh, unfriendly or um, harms the sovereignty and integrity of India. And again, this is uh, a broad mandate that the government has been working on. So essentially, the idea that this gives me is that, yes, there is indeed a lot of action towards uh, cr criminalizing and prosecuting uh, things like hacking and um, IP theft and uh, identity theft, data breaches, so on and so forth. But also there is a top-down approach towards addressing some of the more privacy-related issues. Stay tuned to All Things Policy. We'll be right back after a short commercial break. Uh, right. Uh, so, what I, the sense that I get from uh, your response is that it's mostly the government that is directly involved in, uh, you know, mitigating these concerns or uh, responding to such uh, actions. But I think 
I have uh, at least I have noticed a distinction uh, or uh, there's a uh, dichotomy in how the government responds when the attack is on any of the public public firms, the public uh, sector unit or the government uh, bodies vis-a-vis uh, the attacks on uh, the records of uh, uh, usual citizens, right? The government usually springs into action uh, quickly when it's uh, when, atta- when the attack is on uh, the government bodies or the government-related uh, sectors. Uh, that government controls, but uh, when it comes to uh, a normal, a usual citizen, uh, an individual citizen, the government isn't that uh, responsive uh, in terms of uh, uh, following up to uh, any such threat or attacks, right? So given this, what kind of role uh, do you sense uh, or do you see a role for the private sector uh, in ensuring national uh, cyber security? Right. So I think um, definitely there is a sense that um, governments spring into action um, in in a more active manner when it comes to attacks against governmental agencies. And there have been a lot of them on uh, organizations like ISRO, DRDO, of course, the power grids, and even uh, in in the military sphere. Uh, And the reason um, which is very obvious for that is that, um, you know, government has a larger um, access to a larger amount of data and has a larger uh, mandate to uh, cover and uh, naturally uh, the data that the government agencies would store would have uh, much more severe implications for national security. That said, of course, the citizens' uh, privacy and security is equally important, um, especially in a democratic context. And um, I would say the private sector has an important role to play in this because to begin with, it is private sector firms and cybersecurity agencies like Recorded Future or Cypherma that recognize that an attack has taken place against civil society, political agencies or um, legal units and uh, that it needs to be acted upon. And of course, Kapersky Lab is another And so the private sector clearly has an important role to play. And yes, India's uh, engagement with the issue of cybersecurity is indeed very top down and institutionalized. I think one of the government documents that uh, talked about how um, government officials should use mobile phones said that the purpose of this document is to quote unquote institutionalize social media. So definitely um, the government springs into action when it feels that this definitely comes under the government's ambit and government has every right to take action on it. So some of the issues vis-a-vis civil society become very blurred on that end. But um, given the highly privatized nature of critical information infrastructure itself, and of course, ICT, government, uh, the government of India cannot act alone, and it has to build resilience in partnership with the private uh, private sector, and uh, for this, there is uh, there is a need for a multi-stakeholder mechanism to support India's priorities. Uh, to begin with, um, you know, m- m- many cyber powers like Russia, China, the US and even India, they have not signed on to uh, the Paris call uh, for trust and security in the cyberspace, which was um, instituted uh, by the French government in 2018. And the primary purpose of the Paris call is to uh, develop a multi-stakeholder mechanism that ropes in academia, think tanks, private sector, so on and so forth. But India has made some progress. Uh, um, which is through the institution of a consultative conference called the Internet Governance Forum. And um, 
at the igf a lot of private sector uh, entities come together and interact to discuss policy towards uh, cyber security and uh, i think some indian uh, officials from mea uh, like got survey have also indicated that there is a shift in india stance significantly because they have offered to uh, break the deadlock between state actors on multi stakeholder participation at the international stage and i think got survey did this in his uh, Uh, speech at uh, the United Nations Security Council in 2021 and so this is a significant shift of stance but it's a little ironic also given that India is yet to institute a formal multi stakeholder policy internally but yes as india builds uh, resilience in cyberspace engaging private sector firms and ngos and even think tanks and civil society will become pertinent so what i uh, gather from what you have said is on the on the front of any i mean in uh, in terms of roping in uh, the private players is something that indian government has to work on it's a work in progress in india in, in india the private sector hasn't been as much involved as uh, the indian state itself uh, in ensuring national sec- uh, cyber security right but and this brings me to uh, to, to the question of india's uh, participation in uh, in multilateral engagement so has india been part of a lot of multilateral engagement on cyber security and uh, responsible state behavior right so um, yes india indeed has uh, participated in a lot of multilateral frameworks on cyber security and responsible state behavior and it has also implemented um some of its domestic imperatives in its statements at the multilateral stage so for example india is part of both of the major un led mechanisms on cyber security which is the open ended working group on security of and in use of icts and the six un group of governmental experts on advancing responsible state behavior in cyberspace and um, at at the oewg is uh, uh, working up to 2025 and india is uh, a constant partner in its consultative process and india has also of course made uh, use of diplomacy to advocate responsible uh, state behavior especially since it faces a direct challenge from its neighbors china and pakistan and so it's tried it, it has tried to rally the troops in its favor in this context um and i think india's emphasis on cybersecurity at the global stage uh, like i said uh, reflects a lot of its domestic priorities because india has time and time again requested for the inclusion of the term cyber terrorism in reports published by the oe wg and the uh, un group of governmental experts and it ha- in the in in the uh, in last year's episode or uh, sorry last year's uh, annual progress report of the oewg india supported the inclusion of a provision to strengthen law enforcement cooperation to prevent the use of cyberspace for terrorist purposes um, india has also been a vocal advocate of establishing a global point of directory a uh, point of contact directory and uh, it has taken examples from the institution of such a poc directory from other un uh, confidence building measures uh, like in disarmament and nuclear issues and it says that such a directory should uh, be instituted with the purpose of um, determining a nodal point of contact between a host of states who can be a, a technical or a diplomatic person um for the purpose of de-escalating if there is uh, a cybersecurity related emergency and uh, 
India has also aimed to further capacity building in the multilateral sphere. And uh, a lot of its emphasis on this capacity building is coming from its experiences with uh, CERT-INS, which are the Indian Computer Emergency Response Teams and the Telecom Cybersecurity Incident Response Team. And uh, what these teams do is that uh, they look at cybersecurity breaches and incidents in the country. Uh, may them may those be related to the private sector or governmental institutions? And then they respond to them uh, and build capacity, right? And um, in, uh, and in India's submission to the draft annual report for July 2023, India proposed that the POC directory should take into account and complement the work of regional and sub-regional fora on incident response and security certs and CSIRTs networks, which obviously means that India lays a lot of emphasis on not only establishing a global POC, but also utilizing uh, the knowledge and the expert base of countries and their response mechanism um, policy institutions like uh, the certains. Uh, and uh, most recently, India has also submitted a working paper on developing a global cybersecurity cooperation portal, which is a, another portal. Uh, and one of its elements is, again, the POC directory. Um, but the proposal of this portal, which is meant to be a largely member state-led initiative, again, lacks one major element, which is proactive participation from multiple stakeholders like NGOs in the private sector. So again, India would have to readjust its uh, stance if the discussions on this port, the development of this portal go ahead. Yeah, so it looks like India has been quite active uh, indeed uh, in terms of engaging the global community on uh, the issue of cybersecurity and uh, threat, right? Uh, but the problem is that uh, when it comes to its on, on domestic issues wherein uh, cyber threats have been a cause of concern, the Indian state has been found lacking in terms of uh, responding to those challenges and, uh, I mean, at least even acknowledging the uh, extent of threat that it poses to the international security. Uh, with that, Anushka, this was a very fascinating conversation. Thank you for your time and all the... Uh, knowledge that you brought in and I'm sure that uh, our listeners would have benefited from this uh, uh, discussion. Uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Amit, and thanks to our listeners for tuning into another episode of All Things Policy. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app, ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also follow IVM on social media. The handle is at IVM Podcasts on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And hey, if you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at Takshashila INST or our website takshashila.org.in.